Hi, I'm H.J. Lawson from Miracle Center for Spiritual Living in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Our podcast is called Dynamic Living, The Transformative Power of Miracles, and this is episode 12. We will tell you how we tap into the transformative power of miracles by using the science of mind. I'm a licensed religious science practitioner at Miracle Center for Spiritual Living. We religious science practitioners pray for our church center and, of course, for our sick and shut-ins. We use our science of mind training to pray affirmatively and effectively. Today, I will be sharing with you how I went from a couple of terrifying situations in a war zone during my time in Vietnam to faith several years later when I realized how I was covered with prayer during my stay in the war zone, or in country, as it was called then. But anyway, it started when my Army Reserve Unit was called to active duty during the Vietnam War in May 1968. Our unit had just been redesignated from quartermaster to supply and service. That meant we had transportation, graves registration, a large supply depot, a stock control, laundry sections, and a few more. I became aware of my faith years after I came home from the war zone. When I was growing up, I had come from a church family, and I preferred my mother's church, which was only three streets away. At the time my reserve unit was called up, I was not a believer in God. As a result, I had stopped going to church in my late teens and early 20s. I got married at 23 and had a child at 24 and was in the process of buying my very first house in early 1968. I had just quit my job at the U.S. Post Office and taken the retirement money to put down on my first house. I was in a new job and my first job as a computer programmer trainee. My wife was pregnant with our second child and we knew he would be born on August 2nd, 1968. I was also attending Cuyahoga Community College, working on a two-year degree in computer science. The news of my unit activation hit me like a rock. We were getting ready to move into my new house on May 10th, and I had to report for active duty on May 13th, basically three days in my newly purchased town and then off to Fort George G. Maryland in Maryland for five months in preparation for going overseas to his war zone. I told my mother this before I left, and she assured me that she would be praying for my safety every day. She also said that she and our extended family would help my wife with the children. So off I went in a truck convoy to Fort Meade, Maryland. I was able to get time off during August 2nd to be home with my, while my son, Whitney, would be born. In October 1968, we flew out of Washington National Airport on a Thursday. We flew for over 20 hours with stops in Oakland, California, Hickam Air Force Base in Hawaii, Guam, Philippines, and another stop that I can't remember. We landed in Da Nang, Vietnam on Thursday the same day that we took off. It was in the very next day that I spent in terror. 
We had to drive to our base, which was Fubai. The temperature was like in the 80 degrees and we were all sweating profusely. I was driving a small tank truck with 5,000 gallons of diesel fuel from Da Nang to our base, which would be in Fubai. Not only was I driving a truck full of diesel, but I was also following a fully loaded tanker truck full of gasoline. We were crawling through the war-torn countryside at about five miles an hour because the road in front of us was being swept for explosives. They were walking with bomb detectors in front of our convoy. So we would go a few yards and stop and wait, seems like forever. And every time we had to stop, the Vietnamese were all around our truck trying to sell us all kind of stuff. Some of, it, some of it was probably illegal. My co-driver was watching our fuel tank and a fuel tank of the truck in front of us to make sure that no one put anything in the tanks. We were told that the Viet Cong could have someone wrap up a grenade with tape, pull the pin, and drop it in your fuel tank. When the gas ate through the tape, it would release the explosive and boom. When you are new in country, you are afraid of everything and everybody, due to a lot of rumors that you've heard stateside. So we were told to watch for the Viet Cong, who wore black pajamas. We found out when we got there that almost everybody wore black pajamas. Needless to say, we made it through all that. We were relieved to finally reach our destination. Fubai, a small camp close to the imperial city of Hue. It is also close to the demilitarized zone. It had a helicopter base, a hospital, and our supply yard. The nearby city of Hue had been overtaken by the North Vietnamese during a Tet holiday back in February of the same year that we got there, 1968. The Marines and Army took many, many days to take the city back with many losses. We were definitely in a war zone. The second most terrifying time was a few weeks later, when I was running night convoys from Fubai to the Tamai ramp. We would take six to eight trucks and a convoy to pick up food and supplies from a boat ramp. Since I was a specialist fifth class, I was in charge of the convoy and rode in a lead truck. We'd been doing this for several nights, and I'm not a night person, so I'd be dozing while we rode to get the supplies. My driver thought he could outrun bullets, and we never stopped in the city for anything. We were going through way one night, when he stopped suddenly, and I woke up and yelled at him, Why did you stop? He replied, Look, when I looked, our way had been blocked by Constantina wire. This wire will slash your tires if you try to drive over it. We could not go forward. The road was too small to turn around, and the other trucks were pulling up behind us. It looked like a perfect trap. Boy, I was sweating bullets. I chambered around in my M16 rifle, pointed it out the window. We were sitting ducks waiting for the first shot to pick us off. Thank God, no shots. When the last con truck in our convoy came in, we were able to back the convoy out of the street 
and go the wrong way down an adjacent street. From then on, our night convoys waited for the military police to escort us through Wei. While I was in Fubai, we had incoming mortars and rockets on five different occasions. And our base was so small that after the first explosion, the siren would sound, and we would already be in our bunker, and I would have my M16 gas mask and ammo ready for whatever came across the hill. When I look back at that time, I was really scared those two times, but ultimately for nothing. I credit that to my mother's prayer and her faith. She, This was the first time I felt that her prayers protected me. I believed her like a little baby. Most of my time in Vietnam, I did not worry about getting hurt. For me, that proved that prayers worked. I believed that I was safe because I have faith that my mother would be praying for me every day. My mother had created a bubble around me that protected me while I was away in a war zone. Of course, I did not understand until years later what had happened or how it worked. It wasn't until the late 80s when I learned about science of mind that I started praying on my own and that I developed my own faith. I have one more little story to share with you which does not involve my personal fear. Years later, after me and my first wife had divorced, I went to a Science of Mind convention in Oklahoma with my second wife. There we met a lady who told, told us the following story. She started by saying that she had experienced breast cancer. When the doctor examined her breasts, they told her that she would lose one of her breasts because the cancer was the size of a golf ball and growing. The surgery was, was to take place in a month or two because of scheduling. She said that she began to pray and project love on her body, and especially her breast. She did science of mind treatments daily. When the day came, the surgeon took an x-ray, and all he found was a little knot the size of a pea. She had, through the activity of God, reduced the size of the cancer and the surgeon removed the pea-sized cancer. I believed her story, and I was impressed with her faith in prayer, and with the power of God that she used through the love and her, her diligent attention to reduce the cancer from the size of a golf ball to the size of a pea, and not go through a total mastectomy. At that time, I had to know more about this extraordinary religion, that can make such miraculous changes. I had to know more about it. I took my first science of mind class in 1989 and continued until I had taken all of the available science of mind classes. I then worked on becoming a science of mind practitioner and received my license in 2014. Ernest Holmes, our founder, said in his science of mind textbook, on page 156, paragraph 5, about faith. The thought of faith molds the undifferentiated substance and brings in manifestation the thing which was fashioned in the mind. This is how faith brings our desires to pass. And he continued on page 157. 
When we use our creative imagination in strong faith, it will create for us out of the one substance whatever we have formed in thought. And from Jesus, our great our greatest teacher, who demonstrated the greatest faith by performing miracles. For example, I use the Possibility Thinker's Bible, the New King James Version by Robert Schuller. And in the King James Version of Robert Schuller's Bible, in Matthew 17, uh, verses 15 through 20, when the man brought his son to Jesus and said, quote, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I bear with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and he came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast him out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly I say unto you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. End of quote. Those with great faith have great power. Thank you for listening. And so it is. Amen. Thank you to all the listeners for joining us on this podcast. This podcast is called Dynamic Living, The Transformative Power of Miracles. And I'm H. Jerry Lawson from Miracle Center for Spiritual Living at 2653 South Taylor Road in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Our website is mcslcleveland.org. If you would like to donate to support our podcast or our center, you can do so at our website. We are affiliated with Centers for Spiritual Living in Golden, Colorado. Our next podcast will be available the first of next month, from another of our practitioners or ministers who will share their own personal experiences. This is H. Jerry Lawson, signing off from the Dynamic Living Podcast. So until next time, think about the transformative power in miracles. And so it is.